Hola, you amazing artist. It's Rafi. And Klee. And today we're going to talk about, uh, you know, when you have a job and you feel that the job is uh, sucking your soul. Or crushing your will to live. Yeah. That, so we're going to talk about that. Like, how do you find a way to still stay creative while um, possibly having a job? And this question comes from... question comes from Desi De La Noir. Hi, Desi. Can you do a podcast for how to find your dead-ass soul that's been sucked from your body by a 9-to-5 job, please and thank you? <laughs> Desi, that's a great question. That is a great question, Desi. Before we get into the question, I want to announce, because uh, some of you may notice that uh, the podcast is posting on Tuesday instead of Monday, and the reason is because Klee and I finished all the copy editing and everything to do with the Rogue Artist Survival Guide book. Yeah, the book is done. Yep, the book is done. All I got to do is do some finalizing on some of the images, and then I am sending that book out to the printer today. So if you pre-ordered this book, uh, stay tuned because uh, it will be shipping out to you Probably in the next couple of weeks or so. Yeah, yeah. it's a coming. It's uh, on its way. I know. It's going to be on its way. That's so exciting. All right. So getting back to Desi's question. This is a great question because I think that there are two ways that we could talk about this question. We could, A, talk about this question as far as like you having a job and, uh, you know, just feeling like that job is just crushing your soul and wanting to go and do something creative, but not sure how to get through that. Or if you are a full-time artist, because there have been times where even though this is what we do for a living... It can feel like a job. Yeah, it can feel like a job and it can feel like you are just on at wit's end all the time. Now let's first address the, I actually have a 9-to-5 job that I need to go to and then my art is what I try to do when I have free time. You've had your fair share of jobs, as have I. And a good percentage of them have been soul-crushing. Yeah. In the book, I talk about uh, working my corporate job where there is a limit to the use of creativity there. You know, the most creativity I showed was drawing a little stick figure on the dry erase board that was screaming, help me. I remember there was uh, actually a board meeting that we were at and our district manager, the big head honcho, uh, passed around this sheet of paper and he was talking to everybody. And on the back of the sheet of paper, when nobody was looking, I drew a little stick figure that uh, said, get me out of here. You know, and he looked like he was in a lot of. So while he was talking, he actually was holding it up, reading it. And he was, you could see the back of it. And so everybody started laughing and he was like, what is everybody laughing at? And uh, he wasn't too happy. He wasn't too happy with me. You mean he didn't appreciate your artistic expression? No, he did not. He did not. I, so I could understand feeling like uh, like you're just being crushed. You yeah. Know? And even if your job is not in of itself soul-sucking, like I, I actually enjoyed a lot of the jobs that I did before I was a full-time artist, but even still they require a large time commitment. So yeah. like when you get home after a nine to five job or whatever hours you work, oftentimes you're like tired. Yeah. And you just want to like sit back, relax and not do much of anything. I think the problem is that when anything that you're doing, you're doing out of necessity for livelihood, I think that it could become stressful. Mm -hmm. It's one of the reasons that even becoming an artist for a living could eventually become stressful and feel like a nine to five. I think uh, one of the things that I made sure 
to do back when I was working in corporate and I did want to be creative. There were, there were times where I had certain projects that I was working on and I didn't want to lose that drive Yeah. when I got home. So I gave myself a ritual. And the, the first thing I did was because I was in management and I wasn't working hourly, you know, I was, I was salary, which when you work salary, you get paid for 40 hours, but you are definitely not just working 40 hours. You are definitely working like a lot of hours. Yeah, exactly. So one of the things I did was realize that if I was going to enjoy the artwork that I was doing, um, that I needed to make it a point to get out of there at a certain time. So like, my job now was not my priority. My creation time was my priority. So if I was scheduled till four, I left at four on the dot. In a lot of situations like that, what you're dealing with is with peer pressure and stuff like that. So like four o'clock runs around and you want to make sure that you're out the door by four. A lot of the other people there are like, what are you in a hurry or something? Yeah, and you got to be comfortable with being like, yeah, yeah, I want to get out of here. Yeah, I'm in a hurry. I've got things that I, you know, I've got, I've got an art project that I'm working on, and that's that's my priority for the week or today or in life or whatever it is. That could be a possible big stressor. I know it was for me. It's like, well, what are my coworkers going to think if I prioritize this? They're going to think that I'm stupid. They're going to think that I'm this. And really, when it comes down to it, like, it's your life. You have to prioritize your projects and the things that you want to work on. Mm -hmm. So getting out of there at a reasonable time so that you could get home and have enough time to do what you need to do, or if you need to take an hour after work and decompress before you get started on your work, whatever it is, it's forming that ritual of, of getting to a place where now you're feeling creative. Otherwise, it's really easy to get home from a job and like a million other things can get your attention. You need to make dinner or you need to clean this thing that's been bothering you or you need to call this person that you've been neglecting calling or you need to whatever. There's a million things that could take your attention. Oh, absolutely. There's There's always things that you quote unquote need to do and – to be honest with you, it all comes down to the way that you feel. If you are at your job and while you're there, obviously there are things that you need to do because you work for somebody and you're getting paid for it. But the moment that you are off, whether you're on your lunch break or you are uh, out of work, that's it. That It's time to close the door on that and not think about it anymore. I think one of the other problems too is that when you leave work – you may already be dreading the fact that you have to go to work the next day. Totally. It's really easy to start dreading something way in advance. Yeah. And if you go home and you're trying to be creative and you're already dreading the fact that you have to go to work tomorrow, um, that... It's not very motivating or no, inspiring. It's, no, it's going to put a damper on your creativity. Chances are you're just going to want to put on Netflix and like totally veg out. If you make a promise or an agreement with yourself that like you're just going to give yourself 30 minutes where you're going to create something in the evening when you get home, uh, that will help you form that ritual. Yeah. And chances are you'll work on it even longer than 30 minutes or sometimes maybe it'll be like 15 minutes of working on something. But just like immerse yourself in that world. And how companies tell you to leave your personal life at the door when you enter work, it works in reverse too. Leave your corporate life at the door when you enter home. That's your sanctuary. Yeah, exactly. I mean, really, uh, the way that uh, the the whole yarn has been spun 
for the, you know, leave, leave your personal life at home when you're at work and, and things like that. The fact is that your personal life is going to follow you wherever you go. And yes, you shouldn't go to work and be all dramatic and, and whatever. But if you have stuff going on, then you need to take care of that stuff. I think that that's the problem is that we've all been taught to prioritize what happens at work over our personal life and the things that we want out of life. Almost like work comes first because that's where my livelihood comes from. That's where my money comes from. Right. And when you do that, you tend to stress out about things that are going on at work, whether or not you have deadlines or there are certain things that are happening at work and bring those home with you. And really, that's because you're prioritizing that job. And I think a lot of it has to do with the way that you label yourself, too. I know that when I was working in corporate, um, that was my label. I, I almost wore that as a bad, well, I'm a manager for blah, 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 blah. You know, and it's like you wear that badge and you identify yourself as that thing. And if you do that, you're identifying yourself with something that you have no control over because at any moment you could be fired, you could be laid off. Uh, they could not like your performance, you know, like there are so many things that could go wrong there and you're constantly going to feel like you're not good enough. And I think that that's a big part of it too. As far as the soul sucking part of it is that you identify with this thing and then you don't want to lose that identity. And we all desperately go through this entire process of doing everything that it takes to not lose our job. You know, even yeah. if we're absolutely and completely miserable we will jump through hoops and do things that maybe we don't necessarily agree with in order to not lose our job. Yeah, even if we're totally like, I can't stay here for 10 years, but I can stay here right now because the paycheck keeps coming every week. Yeah, exactly. And I think that if there is something that you are doing and it is really, really sucking at your soul and you feel like you can't do it anymore – Listen, there are plenty of jobs out there. At least start putting your resume out or at least start looking for something else to do. A job that doesn't suck your soul. Yeah, that doesn't suck your soul, that doesn't suck your creativity, something that you feel that you could do. And as far as like being an artist, like you got to remember um the way that you can view your job is just a financial stepping stone on the way to becoming a full-time artist. Mm -hmm. You know, and, it, and it, that will alleviate some of the stress and some of the pressure because instead of taking your job so seriously, um, you basically realize what it actually is. It's just a financial stepping stone. My real job is being an artist. This is what I'm doing to make some money right now. This is what I'm doing for my future. Yeah, my nine to five is just a way for me to finance my art career while I launch it. Exactly. Now, I made it a point to sort of look for creative jobs back in my working days. Uh, a, because they did do a better job of fostering creativity. And B, generally when you work in a creative place or you do something mildly creative for work, you work with other creatives who understand the importance of the creative side of your life. Yeah. So you're more surrounded by like-minded people and you're more likely to have an understanding with your coworkers and bosses as far as what it means to be an artist. Yeah. So like 
Um, when I worked as a visual merchandiser, that was at a department store, but it was working with a creative team who kind of got that. Some other things that I, I didn't deliberately do these things, but I guess I kind of unwittingly did these things to help foster my creativity at home when I got home from work was that I usually had one or two or several works in progress, like out and accessible and in the works. So it wasn't like this whole big ordeal of pulling stuff out when I got home. It was like whatever the thing was, was waiting for me and was already underway. So like I could just sit down and work on it for a little bit. Oh yeah. I'm a big proponent for that. Cause like there, you know, and that's why I say you should have your creative space, Mm -hmm. whether it is a table in a closet or something like that. Something that is easy for you to access your materials and whatever project you're working on. Because if it is a pain in the butt to get to it. You're not gonna. No, you're not gonna. You're, you're, you're gonna put it off. You're gonna be like, uh, you know, cause then I gotta take this out and I gotta bring all my materials out. And it's like a 15 minute ordeal just to get started on a project. It should be something where you just walk over and you have access to it right away. Yeah. Now, another thing that I did for myself, because I felt like I needed it at the time, was I actually involved myself with community and group projects that were creative and artistic so that there was a group of people sort of encouraging me and in a way holding me accountable. So like I volunteered at a children's theater and it was somewhere that I needed to show up for because I agreed to. So even days where I was like, Yeah, where you're like, I don't want to do anything. I still knew, like, I'm going to go and, like, today I'm sewing together some fairy costumes. Like, that's what I'm doing. And they knew I would be there at 7 p.m., and so I was there at 7 p.m. And that actually helped keep me inspired and keep me motivated. That's not for everybody. It's it's not, but I mean, it's it's good. When, When I was in corporate training, I remember the YMCA... Uh, was looking for somebody to design a Halloween uh, haunted, haunted house. house. Yeah, a haunted house. So they had a budget and they, they approached me because, you know, my kids were there at that YMCA. And I remember thinking to myself like, oh, I don't have time for this. I'm an important whatever. But just the idea of being able to do some of the artwork and design this entire thing that was that was something that I'd never done before was completely out of my scope of possibilities of something to do. Like, how am I supposed to build an entire haunted house in a gymnasium? Like, I, I, I need to build walls. I need to do this. I need to do that. There was something really amazing about that because I was balancing this project that I enlisted all of my creative friends. So we had this huge project that we were working on for about two weeks. That project took priority over my job. So like when I was at work, I was just doing what I had to do. And then when it was time to leave, I left. Yeah. Previous to that, like I was there and I was emotionally involved. And sometimes I stayed two or three hours later. And, I, you know, it, it was this back and forth. And my entire world revolved around my job. Whereas when I took on the haunted house, um, that project became a priority. Yeah. And it was inspiring and a whole lot of fun, I bet. Yeah, exactly. It was inspiring. It was a whole lot of fun. And then that was the priority in my life. And I felt so much better about what I was doing because I wasn't just involving myself in the same drama, the same thing over Over and and over and over. I remember it wasn't too long after that, that I really started to question uh, my job and whether or not that was where I wanted to be because um, I think getting a glimpse into that, that life, that world, yeah, that life and that world really gave me an insight into, man, this is not 
And by insight, you mean a kick in the rear. Yeah, a big kick in the rear, realizing that that was not something I did not want to work for the success of someone else's dream or someone else's company, because that's essentially what's going on. When you go and work for somebody, uh, you sure you have a job, but you're basically working towards someone else's dream or someone else's uh, goal. goal. Or yeah, someone else's agenda, whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, someone else's agenda. You know, if it, if if when I was working for Low Cineplex Entertainment and I was an employee and I did corporate training and you know there I wore this badge of honor of like I opened four theaters. Well, they weren't my theaters. I was just training people on how to do their job. Walking away from that, there was no benefit, no lasting benefit for me. Right. You know, other than the experience of doing it, the experience of teaching classes of people and understanding that, wow, I could do this for myself. So now I get to walk around and go out and do events where I'm talking in front of people and I feel comfortable but it feels so much more meaningful because I'm talking about the things that are important to me. Exactly. I'm spreading my mission, my my thing out in the world, not not training people like first impressions when people walk into the box office is like this, you know? And, yeah. And like that's – there. there is so much more meaning behind the projects that you take on that belong to you. And I think that if you're going to wrap your entire life around something, it should be something that is meaningful to you. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you have to start your own company. It could mean finding a company who shares your core values oh, and yeah. like that you share their dream. You really, as much as possible, want to have like inspiring things and people happening in your life. Another thing that I did deliberately to foster creativity was host art nights in my living room. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, like, there was probably, like, about seven or eight or ten of us that were creatives that I regularly hung out with. And usually it was, like, weekly. Uh, we would get together and everybody would just bring whatever they wanted to work on over to my house. And we would just sit on the living room floor or sometimes we would bring, like, fold-out tables and put them and we would drink tea or wine or whatever we wanted. And we would work on our art projects and, like, give each other feedback and hang out. And it was a great time. Yeah, see, and that's brilliant. And I think that that's that essentially getting to Desi's question. If your job is the priority in your life and you feel like it's soul-sucking and that's what you're thinking about all the time, then it is going to be soul-sucking. Yeah. If your job is in your mind is just a stepping stone to get you to the next place, whether it is a different job that you enjoy more or your own art career or whatever it is that you decide that it is, then it becomes less soul sucking because you're just going there and just doing your job. And then life starts the moment that you leave the doors, you know, the moment that you you're getting ready for your art party this week, you're getting ready for this big community project, uh, creative project that you're working on, or you're getting ready for this, uh, project that you have at home that that as soon as you walk out the door of work like that's where your mind is and that's where your life is and basically anything else that you do that you're doing just for money that doesn't take priority yeah i guess the advice here is give less of a crap about the job let the job hold less weight let it let it have a smaller shadow that it's casting on your life and be willing to walk away from it, even if it means doing something a little scary, 
or, or changing direction. Yeah, exactly. If, if it's really like there's no redeeming quality about your job whatsoever, it might be time for a change. Yeah. My final advice on that would be just remember life is way too short to be focused on anything that uh, makes you not happy, something that makes you miserable. And what I say by that is um, not necessarily that you should like leave your job right away and quit your job and not whatever, but just don't focus on that. Focus on something that does make you happy. So if that means going somewhere else, doing something else, then focus on that. Put your focus in a place where it doesn't feel like it's soul-sucking. You don't need to put your focus at work. A lot of the stuff that they have us doing when we work somewhere, a trained monkey could do it. Mm -hmm. So like, you should be thinking about your creative projects while you're at work and not thinking about work while you're doing your creative projects. Unless you're like an engineer and you have to be thinking about work while you're at work. You can still think about creative projects while you're doing engineer stuff. I guess so. If you're at work and you are miserable, and you are constantly focused on the misery, and you really feel like it sucks, and you decide to leave, and you start an art career, those habits are still there. So mm -hmm. you're going to bring those habits into anything that you do. And it's something it's something that I had to take a look at within myself and realize, like, okay, so is it my job or is it me? If I can make myself happy, then I should be doing that not making myself more miserable than this is already making me. Because if not, it doesn't matter what I do. Eventually, I'm just going to make myself miserable. Yeah, I think that's a good way to sum it up. Desi, thank you for asking that great question. And I hope you not only enjoyed this podcast, but found it helpful. Yeah, Desi, let us know. Let us know how how that whole thing goes for you. Uh, how, what What you thought about the podcast and if we did cover what it was that you were asking in that question. Mm -hmm. And obviously I'd love to hear from any of you out there, uh, your insight as far as like how you deal with stuff like that. If you have a job that feels like it's soul sucking and, and what it is that you do to maybe decompress from that. And thank you so much for listening. You guys, you guys are absolutely amazing. I totally adore you. And if you like this and you want to listen to more like this, you click somewhere around here to subscribe and that's it. Say goodbye, Clee. Good day, everyone. Adios.